Episode 23, or, yeah, episode 23, one take. <clears throat> so, this is going to be a little bit different, and I'll tell you why. I just spent, I don't know how long, an hour <laughs> producing uh, probably the worst episode I've ever done for Seared. <laughs> Just a stinker. And I don't think it's going to see the light of day, to be honest. Between you and I, it's not going to see the light of day. It might it might be there for an extreme emergency podcast episode. And instead of just beating myself up over it, I thought, you know, maybe there's a reason why that happened. And so as I sat here in the quiet, in the aftermath, in the rubble of this stinker episode um i thought well i'm not gonna leave y'all empty-handed and i feel like there's something good that can come out of this and so i was just sitting here quietly and i said you know i'm just gonna talk about the first thing that comes up and as soon as i said that something came up so i want to share this with you it's not gonna be a long one um you know i talk a lot about the big kitchens, you know, the hotels and, you know, the fine dining and the attractions and these large quantity scale places and all, all these kind of cool sounding places. One thing I haven't really talked about is that I taught at college, a few colleges, actually culinary colleges, including one of the big, the main ones, the main one that I went to when I was uh, studying to be a cook. That was back in 95. And Back then, there was no food network, I think it was new. And there was no cult of personnel. Like there was, chefs were still considered like bridge trolls. <laughs> like there was, there was no one you could say, oh, I can't wait to be the next so-and-so. Like there was no one on TV, at least, that you could aspire to. And of course, that's much different. So it's changed over the, the decades. But I went back there as an instructor I went back there in, in different roles, actually. And one of those roles was for one or two summers. I think it was, I think it was the same summer. I can't, I'm not entirely sure. I was asked to teach not the quote unquote regular student body, typical like kids out of high school, but there was two separate groups that I had to teach. And it was the full curriculum too. It was there was nothing that was dumbed down or anything like that. Nothing altered or. And the first group was uh, a bunch of beautiful souls who were had struggle struggling with mental health issues, emotional issues, addiction issues, etc. And so there was that group, and then the other group was women, uh, predominantly new to Canada. And there were a few other, like, you know, um, Canadian, you know, born here in Canada who were struggling with certain things. And so at the time, I thought, this is, I don't know if I want to do this. This seems, I don't know, I'm just by myself. Like, do I want to teach them? Like, I was kind of, there was some fear, fear of the unknown. And as I thought, you know, instead of thinking, why me, why not me? Why not me? And so I said, yes. And I have to say, at first I did feel like, oh, what did I do? This was a mistake. Why did I get caught up in this? That first group, they were 
you know, what was ironic is that here I was struggling with my alcoholism and here are these people who have overcome it or in the midst of overcoming it. And so while I did teach them, I learned from them too. You know, I, I didn't have to worry about, you know, if someone was having an episode or so there was a wonderful support staff around them that I could, that I talked to on a regular basis and they were all hands on deck. They were in the kitchen with me. So it was wonderful having, it felt like a family. It really did. And I learned more than they probably learned from me. They learned some technical skills, absolutely. But what I learned from them was compassion. I learned, um, you know, how to be, especially when you've been cast to the side. Because I felt my life, a lot of my life, I was cast to the side. And here these guys were pushing through that and stepping into the things they wanted to do. They weren't allowing you know, any mental health issues or addiction issues to, to dictate what they could and couldn't do. I thought that was so powerful. And it helped me see myself in a more compassionate way, right? I have a feeling some of them probably knew that I was struggling, but they let me be. I did, I showed up, I was professional, etc. But they let me be just as I let them be. And it was this beautiful unveiling because we allowed, we saw each other. I got to hear their stories. And I felt really drawn to just how strong they were, how determined, how driven. And at first you would see them as this ragtag of, oh my God, like how were it at the end I was so I was I was sad to see them go. And with the women. That was wonderful too because you know here women who culturally were unsure of like what what's happening here there were some language barriers social uh, socioeconomic barriers and i was able to see past that too and really connect with each and every one of them even if we didn't say a lot of words we still felt something and i share all this because a lot of times we look for we look for the big, flashy, you know, victories, if you will. In the kitchens, you know, there's competitions and there's, you know, stars and, you know, getting in the, the paper and getting the great reviews and all that kind of stuff. You know, moving up the ladder and getting the titles and getting the fancy jackets and all that. And I had come from that world and it was so humbling to be placed nestled in between these two groups where there was anything but ego there was anything but that bravado and machismo and all the stuff that that fuels the chefing world and just being able to sit with them literally at the table you know these are people that i never would have normally run into in my daily you know comings and goings but i was able to sit with them and share food with them and to be there with them, and for them to see me. You know, all these castaways <laughs> just coming together. It was beautiful. And, you know, when I did step back into the chefing world, I had a whole different view, you know, and that's and I did get sober by that time. And that was huge in erasing whatever sort of ambitions I had in trying to make a name for myself. I had done 
everything I needed to do. And this was now just about connecting with humans. You know, food is such a, a wonderful, uh, you know, uh, ground for this. It's, it's such a beautiful arena to have all these different cultures and different stories and different identities and different ways of seeing things and, and, and breaking bread together. It's like this, it lev it's a leveler. It levels everything. And it's its own language. And so when I got down to that point, when I finally got it in my head, I was able to, to open up more and to be of more service to others. The, that's the lesson these guys taught me, is to be myself, to not let what other people think get to me. Because if they could do that, imagine what I can do. And I don't have a lot of the burdens that they have. Yes, I had my addiction. Yes, I have my, you know, ways of thinking that limit me. These guys had a lot more going against them and they still made it in, in their way. Are they all chefs now? No. You know, there is one guy that just the other day, and maybe that's what prompted this. There's one guy that messaged me the, uh, a couple weeks ago and he messaged me just yesterday and he just shared all the things, amazing things that have happened to him since we worked together. And he, he said just how, like, chef, you were so inspiring and I loved watching you work. And it was so touching. It was, it was so touching to hear that like almost a decade later. And that lack of ego and just being is so powerful. That is more powerful than all the Michelin stars. That is more powerful than, you know, having an empire. It's more powerful than writing 10, 15, 20 cookbooks. The fact that you can be comfortable in your own skin and just let the power of that radiate, you know, around to others and to influence others, inspire others. It's captivating. It's, it's magical. And so I mentioned this partly as a reminder to me that sometimes these goals and ideas and dreams and all that, they're important, of course, but I can't, I can't let them define me because at the end of the day, when I leave this mortal coil, I'm not carrying, I'm not bringing my Michelin stars with me. I'm not bringing all my cookbooks. I'm not bringing my empire with me. I'm just with me. And imagine if we can move through the rest of our lives just being utterly and completely at peace and ease with who we are. I think, I think that's beautiful. So I don't know who needs to hear this. You're definitely not going to hear that last episode because that, <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> but I hope this short episode... It finds you and to remind you that you may feel like everything's stacked against you, but you have everything you need. Just got to let go of how you think it should look and to step into the courage of doing the things that light you up, that bring you joy, that push you, that challenge you, and that bring you closer to home, which is you. All right. Kitchen's closed, now scram.